Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis. I'm your host, Monica Cox, along with Sarah Clark, and we're here to support, inspire, and educate those who are all consumed with the label of infertility. We totally know how you're feeling. Both Sarah and I were diagnosed with a form of infertility before we hit our 30s. We let the fertility experts dictate our past and ignored what our bodies were trying to tell us for far too long. So here we are, helping you take control of your infertile diagnosis. Um, so yeah, so the infertile diagnosis, um, we are creating it to help support, educate, and just give people a really good guidance of learn from our mistakes. You know, um, we did it the hard way and we're here to really encourage people that you don't have to go through a lot of heartache, a lot of financial strain, you know, to achieve your ultimate goal of getting pregnant whether you do IVF or you do it naturally um, that's really not the debate you know we're just wanting people to improve their situation become their own hero because when you look back and I think 10 years um, minimum maybe 15 maybe 20 I think a lot of people are going to look back and think hindsight's a bitch I wish I would have known that through my journey and I think we both feel that way right Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was talking on a podcast yesterday about, I think we're going to look back just in general to this period and going, why, what were we all doing? Why did we all now, you know, I was lucky enough to have both my kids with donor eggs, but why are we all running to the fertility clinic as the first, the first step? Mm -hmm. What, why, why is that the first step? Like we're yeah, going to look exactly. back and say we were silly. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know. I like, I know we, probably both look back at our journeys and just think, why was I so naive? You know, why? And I mean, for us, and I think especially for you, you didn't have anyone out there talking about it. No. You know, not even, um, not infertility related. So for me, when I started getting into it, I was lucky enough to have podcasts and have people writing books that food was medicine. You know, you have more power than you think to control your health issues. You don't have to go to the doctors. It doesn't all have to be doctor led. Um, you know, and if I didn't have that information out there, I would have never known it for myself. How can you, you can't self teach yourself that, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, like you don't, if you don't know what you don't know, it, it, it'll, the information appears and when you're ready, you can, you can start listening to it. Yeah, exactly. Well, let, let's talk about your journey. Um, this first episode is really just getting to know who we are and that we are basically really normal human beings that both had very long fucked up infertility journeys. <laughs> um, for us, hindsight is truly a bitch, and we are just here to share our stories. So let's hear a little bit about yours, Sarah. Yeah, so mine is like I always joked I was having menopausal hot flashes in my early 20s. I remember I was in HR at the time. I was like fan of my face going, oh, a menopausal hot flash. And um, so it turns out that I was. So I had these 
I had these irregular cycles. Uh, I thought that was a great thing because I only got my period a couple times a year and I didn't have to, to worry about it. And then I also had, at the time I had this weird fungal rash on my chest. And then I had, um, I had yeast infections at that time. And then all of a sudden in my early twenties, I started getting, um, acne on my chin. I remember like this, this super greasy chin and I never like during my teenage years, no acne at all. So it was like, okay, there's these weird little health issues going on and I'm a planner. So I had this plan that, you know, married at 25, want to get married at 25, want to have my kids at 28. So I got married at 25 and, um, and then kids were still not on, on my horizon, but at 28. And so in, in the meantime there, I'd gone on the birth control pill because that's the first line of defense. When you have acne in a regular periods, you go to your doctor and they put you on the pill and, um, yeah. And then there's post post birth control pill syndrome, which impacts the health of your, your, your microbiome and your, and your, um, and your ability to, to absorb nutrients. So that's a whole other thing. But um, I went on the pill and, and then I, so I came off the pill, wanted to have, you know, 28, wanted to see, to, to see if we can get pregnant. So I went to my, my OBGYN and that's when I was told I had premature ovarian failure, which is the loss of function of the ovaries before age 40. I remember her like grabbing, like reaching up to grab, grab the uh, IVF brochure on her shelf and saying the only way you'd have, you'd be able to have children is with donor eggs. And I remember I think the whole thing is sort of for me in like, because it was just me by myself. And so I couldn't, I don't know if I could really process what was going on. I could really distinctively remember her grabbing the, the brochure off the shelf saying, here it is. I remember going, leaving her, her office and going, well, really what the fuck just happened? Like what? I don't even like, I was in shock, like 28. I'm in menopause. What are, what are you saying to me? Donor yeah. eggs. So it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was shocking, but because I'm such this person of action, um, and I really, the only time during that period, and I coach a lot of people that have had this diagnosis. So, and, and everyone handles it differently. I did not really cry. Like I was, I didn't, and I'm not typically a crier to begin with, but I didn't really cry. The only time during this journey that I cried was when, when I was trying to navigate this whole thing and I wanted, um, I wanted to get a dog and my husband's like, I don't want to get a dog. I, you know, we don't, I don't want to do too much responsibility. I'm like, I want this fucking dog. Like I want a dog. And I remember like sitting on the bed, just like bawling my eyes out going, I want, like, cause I wanted some semblance of control over this. And then he was like telling me no. And I'm like, what are you saying? And um, yeah, so that's when I lost it. When I couldn't, when he said no, he said no dog. And then um, of course I got a dog, but um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's, that's when I broke down. But for me, I, you know, we went to the, we went to the fertility clinic and, um, and so we went on the list for a donor egg and this was like, like, this is 17 years ago. So we got the profile for the donor in the mail, like in the freaking mailbox. So I went there and, and, um, you know, I was stalking the mail carrier and went to look at the, the thing. And the first, the first one we got, I didn't really, we didn't really feel it was a match. Like there was some, I think there might've been some, some medical history that we weren't really happy with um and then the second one was it was a match and for me i'm like super tall i'm six foot so i'm i'm never gonna find a donor that's six foot like i but i but height is a thing for me so i want someone relatively tall um yeah. and so so then um so we found a, a match and you know went through all the, the procedures there to 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 do that and really back then in canada 
so the person that was going through it, she gave half of her eggs to me. Um, and then I would pay for her procedure. She had, she had male fat during fertility. So half of her eggs were donated to me. We pay, pay for her procedure. And then, um, and then we were lucky enough on the first press transfer that worked with our daughter. Our daughter is 17. So she's about to go off to university and leave me. But um, <laughs> yeah, and she's going way across the country, like way across the country. But it's fine. Like it's, I'm, I'm going to be sad, but I'm like, fly little bird, do your thing. But um, yeah. And so, and then we had two embryos left over, one the kids close together. And so after a year went back in and then those embryos didn't work because I was super stressed and really kind of pushing to have this, this happen. Mm -hmm. And then um, went on another list for another donor egg, a separate donor um, donor. And, um, and then had our son will after three years. So the kids were about three years apart. And so two, two separate donors and, um, and my health all on that time was, was okay. Um, I've never really been sick, but it was never, I wasn't like flourishing. But after my daughter, I had like nine colds, every cold went into a science infection. I thought it was a great idea to take antibiotics for every cold. Not a great idea. I like destroyed all my beneficial, you know, bacteria in my gut, all the good guys and the bad guys. Like I had vertigo, I had toenail infections, I had dandruff, I had chronic bladder infections. So every, um, all my bladder infections, basically I was peeing blood, I became allergic to all kinds of antibiotics. And um, then I also became, so I had chronic sinusitis, chronic bladder and chronic yeast infections. And then I was still in HR at the time and I'd wanted to bring coaching into the corporate environment. And so then I took a life coaching course. That's when I woke up to the fact that I really wanted to do health and wellness. Then I took this health coaching course and that's when I discovered I had those food sensitivities. So for me, I'm sensitive to gluten and dairy, took those out of my diet, later corn as well. And then, and then the lifestyle factors, you know, allow, allowing my body to heal. And so slowly those chronic infections went, went away. Now I was 40 when I discovered this, I was fully in menopause. Mm -hmm. It was too late for me. Um, and, and so really that's why I, I've, you know, started the, my, my business around educating couples that there's things we can do. Like I had all those signs back there in the early twenties and I was put on birth control and all these things were, were, were missed. And I believe that I would have been able to reverse my, my POF if I had of, because I was still cycling back then. Mm -hmm. So like there was things I could have done. So if you're still cycling naturally, there, there's things we can do. So using the tools of functional medicine, so yeah, it's, it's a unique story. I don't think a lot of people um, connect some of those, those dots. Like in functional medicine, we're digging deeper to, to figure out why. And um, it's, it's empowering to, to know there's things you can do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's how you have to look at it, being empowered, right? And not frustrated that you have all these issues that you have to work at. It's like, okay, you have something to work towards to figure it out. And I mean, your story, you know, now in hindsight, I mean, there's like our alarm bells, right? The fire engines come in, people yeah. are screaming, jumping out of buildings, like that's some major signs. Um, for me, I didn't have really any of that, you know, like, and it's really hard to even just step back and go, okay, I was normal, healthy. I was having some issues, but no one. And even nowadays, if you walked into a fertility clinic, they would not link those to your infertility, you know, just simple IBS, yep. you know, brain fog, being tired, bloated all the time. Um, and you know, like, 
your poo and we'll, that's another, you know, another episode to get into, but um, looking at all these little, little health issues and linking them together, we just don't do that with our fertility. It's all focused in your lady bits. You get these diagnoses and then you hyper-focus on those and you don't look outside of your box that, you know, your polycystic ovary or your endometriosis, you can handle these things in different ways. You're never going to cure them because there's not a cure for certain, you know, diseases, but you can have a major, major, you know, power over them and improve your situation. Um, And that's why I feel, you know, we're probably so passionate about doing this and spreading the message because our journeys didn't have to be the way they did. And even though I feel like, and I'm sure you feel the same, we wouldn't change them. We love our kids. Absolutely. We've grown from our journeys, but um, if we can kind of spare anyone else, you know, go to go, you know, not to have to go through it, you know, that that's what makes the difference, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you, that's why I tell my, I told my story, I've written a book. Like I tell the story all the time to really say, if did you if you heard something in that story that that you're like oh wait that's me oh wait i had that stuff and like on my podcast too where we like dig into like every little like acne ibs like you talked about burping bloating like um mood issues all those things are connected and sort of start someone to say oh wait i have that plus infertility i have that plus infertility and and as we say like you're talking about just focusing on the lady bits like just going into the 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 um your eggs People are like, well, will that affect my egg health? Well, if you have inflammation in your body, yeah, it's impacting the eggs. Yeah, so it's all it, one. It's one, exactly. And it's, um, again, I think people in 20 years will look back and going, why were we just taking little part, like parts of the body and we'd see a specialist for the GI, you know, for, the, for our, some of our digestive issues, a psychologist for our mood issues, a you know, our skin issues, we see a dermatologist instead of saying, well, wait a minute, well, what's connected? And taking back to gut health, which is one of our, our big topics too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're both pretty passionate about gut health and um, hopefully in 10 years time, we won't be the crazy ladies talking about gut and infertility. <laughs> but, um, and this is what the podcast is all going to be about. It's really empowering you to be your own hero, finding those links and making those connections working with your doctors, um, and, you know, following your intuition. Um, for me, I was unexplained for almost five years. I was told there's nothing wrong and sent to do IVF. The IVF was a super shambles and we were left thinking I couldn't make healthy eggs because my husband's sperm was fine. And um, it was just on a recommendation from a friend um, going through his own journey of health. He had nothing to do with kids or infertility. And he just said, why don't you guys try to change your diet? And we were just like, we're not unhealthy, you know? And he's like, just try it. And we're like, okay. Um, He was so passionate. He wanted to pay for us to go see a functional medicine. We're like, we won't take your money, but we'll go see. And that's where it started for us. And um You know, it did not happen overnight because there was, once again, not that much information. And for me, I had to dig really deep. Um, But the changes worked on our second IVF and we celebrated small wins with getting healthy embryos. I didn't get pregnant that round, but, um, you know, like you, we were having that conversation of donor egg. It's like, 
right, if this doesn't work, if we did not improve our situation, then we're going to start talking about donor egg, which for me, I must admit, I was not mentally prepared to go down that road at that time. You know, I, I think I was insecure. You know, you have all, I feel like infertility brings out all your insecurities from your back, your back life. And once again, I'm sitting there like, I'm not good enough. Am I not good enough? My body isn't good enough to make eggs, which is, you know, a whole nother episode, which, you know, no one should feel that way if they aren't, you know, producing healthy sperm or healthy eggs. Um, You know, there's lots of different factors and we'll go into that on other episodes. But yeah, I'm pretty passionate that, um, I just want to really help and encourage other women to you know, take control of their lives. And I hope this podcast um, does that and is relatable because there's so much information out there. And a lot of people are still um, being very blase about it, um, you know, saying just because they don't, maybe it didn't work for them or they don't have a real understanding of what's going on, that they just push it to one side and you know, for a lot of us, for, I would say for all of us, it's, um, it's, it's really kind of disrespectful because it's not empowering you to push those things to a side. You know, as long as you investigate them, you put the work in and um, mentally and physically, I think no matter the outcome, whether you have a kid naturally, IVF, donor egg, adoption, you're going to see so many benefits that you never knew you needed. <laughs> There's no downside to work on your, your physical and mental health. Yes. There's, 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 there's no negative side to that. And really yeah. either you're getting pregnant naturally, or if you have to go to the clinic, you're going to increase your success. Like a IVF with a 30% success rate average, there's other clinics that have it slightly higher, but you know, when you're spending tens of thousands of dollars, like it takes three cycles at a cost of $60,000 to, to, you know, for, for, for an IVF to work and really, and a lot of people, it's they're, they've got all these other issues going on besides infertility and like looking at the whole body and, and then epigenetics and stuff like that impacting the health of your, you know, your, your, your future generations of your children. And so it's really. Right. And we're going to cover all those really big words because yeah. I think people start tuning off and shutting down when it just gets too much. It's just an overload of microbiome, gut health, epigenetics, you know, and when we're talking to the specialists, um, and I, even IVF and, you know, when a specialist, they just like bombard you with all these crazy, um, information. And so we're here to just really take a step back and it is super complicated because the body is super complicated. And one, we, right now we don't know everything. Will we ever know anything? you know, that'd be awesome in our lifetime, but there's so much going on. It's probably not going to, (laughs) Um, but two, just bringing it back that it doesn't have to be complicated. You can take really, really simple steps and make it easy and basic in your life and achieve without being, you know, a hypochondriac about (laughs) what you eat and drink and do and wear and put on your face and your skin. Um, so yeah, so I really hope this podcast, um, helps and supports you guys. And thank you so much for joining in on our first episode and we will see you next week. A few more things before you go. 
If you like what we're doing, please leave a review and or a rating. We would greatly appreciate it and it would totally help us out. Also, if you like to connect with either of us, you can find me, Monica, over at mymindfulme.com and you can connect with Sarah over on fabfertile.com. All the links you need to find us on our websites, our social media, any products we talk about, book, special offers, or any guests that we have on, you're going to find all that information in the show notes. So that's it. Thank you once again for being with us here on the Infertile Diagnosis and have a beautiful day.